0: Click that subscribe button and the notification bell to never miss another spooky episode. The dark web is said to be a terrifying place, but is it really the online haunting ground that movies and some people claim it is, or is it something more tame? Well, either way, there will always exist people in this world who want nothing more than to terrorize and even harm others, so it's only natural that the dark web could be another potential breeding ground for these kinds of people. Here are five allegedly true scary dark web stories. If you want your story to appear on this channel, go to darknessprevails.org and share it today. Dark Web and the Mystery Box by Christopher K. Paxton. Recently on YouTube, I've been seeing a whole lot of videos of kids and childlike adults opening up so-called dark web mystery boxes, and it reminds me all too well of the most horrifying experience of my life. I was in the ninth grade. I was the shortest guy in my grade, and I'd never had a girlfriend. When hormones are raging, everything that shouldn't matter mattered and everything that mattered to me was not going anywhere. Now that I've grown up, gotten friends, and actually talked to people like me, I know how common this was to be a quiet, insecure boy who would do anything to belong somewhere. It was when I was at my most vulnerable that I met Joseph. He was in the same grade as me and physically was the opposite of me tall, loud, absurdly skinny no matter how much he ate, which he said was caused by a thyroid issue or something. Joseph was by no means charming or charismatic, but to a boy like me who was never approached in a positive way by his peers, Joseph was a godsend. He was someone I could finally talk to, joke with, just someone to call friend. But beggars can't be choosers. Joseph was a horrible person. He had a fondness for practical jokes and pranks that went too far. You know, the kind that don't just surprise people but actually hurt or injure or scar them mentally. For example, one day when Joseph and I were eating lunch in the cafeteria, I noticed he was watching a kid named Hector. Hector was our school's notable special needs kid. He was usually quiet. Often asking for hugs rather than holding normal conversations. Beyond that, Hector would often keep to himself. At one point, he tugged at a nearby teacher's shirt and requested to be taken to the bathroom. As the teacher and Hector walked away, they left his tray of stromboli and green beans on the lunch table. I saw a vile grin stretch across Joseph's face. Then he got up, pulling something from his pocket. He walked over to Hector's tray and began to spread something across the inside of the stromboli bread. When Joseph came back, he stifled a laugh and put his finger to his mouth facing me, signaling me to be quiet. I lowered my head, but on the inside I was panicking. What had he done? Hector soon came back and immediately dug into his stromboli. It only took 10 seconds for the screaming to begin. The teachers freaked out. Hector struggled to breathe, and my eyes were tearing up, heart pounding, wondering what I should do. Then Joseph grabbed my shoulder and showed me an empty four ounce bottle. Dude, he giggled. You ever wonder what would happen if someone drank super glue? My mouth was agape. He had fed Hector four ounces of superglue. After being rushed to the hospital, it was apparent that the glue had sealed up Hector's throat almost entirely. Luckily, Hector survived. Despite Joseph doing something so disgusting, I was too afraid to go against him, and also too afraid to lose him. Joseph didn't get in trouble for this either. Somehow, no one saw him walk over to Hector's tree. He got away with it. Now that you understand how Joseph was, you will understand the terrors of my experience. On an especially warm autumn weekend, Joseph wanted me to spend the night with him. I asked my mother and father, got the okay, and was dropped off at his place on 7 p.m. that Friday. That night, we walked around the dilapidated neighborhood, Joseph talking about how much he disliked his neighbors while occasionally barking back at the dogs beyond the fences that thought we were intruders. At around 10 p.m., we came back to his house. His parents were in bed by then, so we locked ourselves in his room and hunkered around the light of his laptop, searching up conspiracy theories and wondering what mysteries will be solved in our lifetimes. It was on that night that we discovered something called the dark web for the very first time. We decided we had to venture into it. After reading an article we had stumbled upon concerning the vastness of the deep web and dark web, Joseph was immediately intrigued. But he misunderstood it. He thought that all he had to do was Google up disturbing forum topics and keywords. He assumed the dark web was just the creepy corners of the internet but then he found a couple of guides and the Tor browser. Staying quiet, I sat behind and watched Joseph, watching him install the browser with excitement. As he followed the two different how to access the dark web guides from around the web, his hand movements became giddy and frantic. I had only seen him like this a few times before, and one of those times was when he watched Hector get pulled inside the ambulance. I was getting tired by then, and by midnight I had cuddled up in a beanbag, curled myself into a quilt, and began to doze off. I fell asleep, watching Joseph's smiling face illuminated solely by the laptop screen that he was so focused on. I woke up in the middle of the night. My bladder was full, so I hurried to the bathroom to do my business so I could get back to sleep. Once I was done... I walked clumsily and sleepily back to Joseph's room. It was then that I noticed he had fallen asleep facing the laptop, which was still shining in his face. Curious, I walked over and turned the screen to face me. There I saw a single full-screen window. It looked like a normal browser, akin to Mozilla Firefox at the time, if I had to compare it to something but I did notice the URL was different. It ended in .onion.2, a domain name I had never seen before. The window itself showed a direct message conversation. Apparently, Joseph had his username entered as SatanKin397, which was about right. But the person he was talking to called himself WX I scrolled through the conversation. The two of them had stayed up talking for hours, and it appeared that Joseph had fallen asleep mid-conversation, but it was the details of the conversation that were quite disturbing. It started off with Joseph asking, This can't be real. Too easy. And WX replied, You're new here, aren't you? Joseph then asked, So, how much exactly? And how do I know it's for real? You'll know when it's done, WX answered. I'll send the box to your door, no worries. You can pay after you see the box. Yeah, right, I thought. This guy doesn't know Joseph very well then. I scrolled forward in the conversation, eager to know what in the world Joseph was trying to purchase from this guy. The next line that I saw made my skin crawl. It was from WX. I can do that, but it'll be more expensive. Legs are thicker and much more difficult to remove. Remove legs? I scrolled back up, looking for messages from Joseph to find out what was going on. Then I found just the right one, or the wrong one. It said, how about the leg? I don't think he'll need it just imagining the pain and fear he would experience. Much better than actually putting him out of his misery. Mr. Pickery deserves something worse than blackness. Mr. Pickery was the name of Joseph's homeroom teacher. I read for a solid hour, not even aware that Joseph catching me reading such a conversation could be dangerous for me. I read until I was sure of it. Joseph had supposedly found someone who took out hits on other people, but offered flexible services if the customer had the cash. In this case, Joseph was planning on having Mr. Pickery's life ruined, and I knew that he didn't have the money for it. WX was asking for $125,000, claiming that leaving the person alive was even more risky for him, and therefore cost much more but what he didn't know was Joseph's family lived paycheck to paycheck, and Joseph was 16 years old. It didn't matter, though, if he would go through with it or not, if he actually wanted it or not. What mattered to me was the fact that Joseph was involving himself with extremely dangerous people. I didn't believe one bit that this WX person actually would do something like this. I thought WX was just a liar trying to get money off of people. Even still, someone that desperate for money was dangerous and I did not want to be a part of it anymore. So that night, before anyone else woke up, I got my shoes on and left Joseph's home, walking the few blocks back to my house, back to actual safety and sanity. I'd never felt so sick before, In the morning, I had several texts from Joseph, who was a bit upset that I had ditched out on him and didn't even tell him. But I was going to be straight with Joseph this time. I told him I read the chat log on his laptop and that I didn't want to hang around with someone like him anymore. He tried to laugh it off, say that it was just a joke. But I told him even if it was, it was too far. Again, joseph and i were no longer friends i avoided him at school i blocked his number i tried to move on but when i did catch a glimpse of joseph across the room or hallway he wore the most frightening expression he was more mad than i'd ever seen him before and to be honest i was afraid of him for a while afraid that he'd do something to get back at me and it turns out i was right to be afraid but it was not what I was expecting. One day I walked home alone from school as usual. I entered through the side of the house, made myself a sandwich, then went out the front door as I always did to check the mail. There I saw a package at our doorstep. It was small and unmarked, appearing to have been hand delivered and not at all sent through the post office. I brought it inside and quickly opened it my curiosity driving me. There was a ton of toilet paper which had been used as packing paper, and underneath that there was a very thick and compact ball of toilet paper. As there was nothing else in the box, I assumed that the object I was looking for was wrapped up in this little white ball. As I unwrapped it, I felt a sickening feeling rising up in my stomach. There were red blotches on the toilet paper, That grew more common and apparent the more I unraveled the ball. Then, it all happened at once. The ball came to an end, and the momentum of it unraveling caused something thin and long to fall out, slapping itself sickeningly on the kitchen counter. I screamed. It was a finger. I ran to the neighbor's house and called the cops. Soon my parents were there and had me in their arms. I was beginning to feel okay again, but far from normal. I wanted to know whose finger that was. I had a really bad feeling it was Mr. Pickery's finger, that it was Joseph's way of showing me just how real the dark web conversation had been to get back at me. It turns out it wasn't Mr. Pickery's though. Actually, It was Joseph's finger. Being upset by me calling off our friendship like that, and having stayed up all night drinking his dad's booze while chatting with more people on the dark web who ridiculed him and taunted him into actually performing his bluff, Joseph did it. Joseph had taken it off of himself. Then he put it in a box when he was sober and delivered it right to my front door. Joseph was badly messed up in the head. They were able to reattach his finger, sure, but he lost 40% of its feeling and Joseph was then locked up in a mental institution until he was 20. I was very close to Joseph, having been desperate for a friend, but sometimes being alone is better, safer. If Joseph was messed up enough to be willing to harm himself like that, just to freak me out there's no telling what else he'd be capable of doing i hope i never see him again this episode is sponsored by june's journey attention all mystery lovers dive into the captivating world of june's journey the hidden object game that will awaken your inner detective join june parker on her quest to uncover the shocking truth behind her sister's murder in the glamorous 1920s. I'm a couple of chapters in, and I love unlocking new pieces to the mystery after each hidden item search. The beautifully detailed scenes, from New York's finest parlors to the charming sidewalks of Paris, make the experience truly immersive. As you progress, you'll also get to build and customize your very own island estate, complete with stunning gardens and luxurious buildings. Gather compelling evidence, decipher cleverly hidden clues, and unravel the dark secrets of the Parker family. Each twist and turn will keep you on the edge of your seat, eager to crack the case. Cooperate or compete against other players in the detective club, and you'll even get a chance to play in a detective league to test your skills. Are you ready to jump back in time, detectives? Download June's Journey for free today in iOS and Android. Deep Web Creep, by Jaden J. My after-school life was, to put it simply, boring. As soon as I got my first laptop when I was 13, my life got a whole lot more interesting and brighter. To fill the blank span of time from when I got home from school to when I went to bed, I began exploring all corners of gaming and the internet, with the help of my older brother he showed me all the basic forms of entertainment and i got started after a while however i began hearing of something known to many as the deep web after hours of failed attempts on top of failed attempts to access this forbidden place i once more sought the help of my older brother oscar my persistent begging finally got to him and he decided to let me mess around on it a little not really believing the disturbing aspects of it. So he figured I'd be safe. The only condition was that it would be on his computer and he'd be supervising me at all times. So he set me up, opened up all the right browsers and let me go wild. I browsed Silk Road for a while, looking at firearms. I then stumbled upon a chat room. Hyped with all the possibilities of pranks in mind, I clicked a link. Many of the chats were harmless fun. Then, after one more stranger left, tired of my antics, I met someone who called himself Charlie. The following conversation ensued. Hey, who am I talking to? The new message popped up. Quickly, I respond with the usual. Female, 13. Who are you, may I ask? After a minute or two of more probing, I finally got out that he was a male and he was in his 40s. I tried to play my usual prank gibberish, but he reacted differently than the other people. Instead of leaving, he turned the conversation. Well, what are you on a place like this for? At this, my brother took over the conversation for me, continuing to try to troll him with me. But being a teenager, he couldn't resist making it, uh, intimate is the right word. He thought it'd be funny to tease this 40-year-old pervert. The guy replied, I'm impressed that you're not weirded out by older men, but I'm sure if I showed you what I want you to do to me, you'd be pretty creeped out. I was now feeling uncomfortable with the situation, so I let my brother take the reins. No, I can handle it, my brother replied, assuming my guise as a 13-year-old girl to this 40-year-old man. My brother laughed as he sent the message and a couple of minutes later, a file appeared in the chat. I looked at Oscar in hesitation, but he clicked on it anyway. That was one of the biggest mistakes I've witnessed to date. A second later, a picture popped up. Now, I won't go into too much detail of what the picture was, but it involved a girl who was around seven, doing something that a girl that age should never have been doing. She looked scared, small, and frail. That was all I was able to deduce before my brother gagged and closed the file with haste. He closed every single tab that had something to do with the deep web. After a moment of awful silence, I managed to get out. Was that real, Oscar? He didn't give me an answer, instead telling me that I should never go on the deep web again. With or without him, it was a place that we should not be. I look back today and wish we could have done something else, or at least have taken a picture of what we witnessed and took it to the police. But we were too scared, horrified, and we felt guilty. I always think back to that little girl and wonder if I could have made a difference in her life. I try not to dwell on it too much, but that's difficult whenever I remember her scared eyes and small frame. I'm sorry. Urban Subworld by Sean J. One day after school, my friends and I met up with my older brother. We often do this outside of McDonald's near our house. He was excited to tell us about his experience with the deep web. We met up at a friend's house, and my brother showed us how to get onto the deep web, which we nicknamed the void. He was excited, rummaging through pages of boring content, finding a bunch of mystery boxes for sale. We didn't believe the hype like he did. Not knowing the consequences, we went ahead and bought one of them. A week passed by until the box finally arrived. It was so heavily wrapped, like some sort of prank, that it took us half an hour just to open it. That right there had us doubting Finally opening it, my friend Dave started emptying the box one item at a time. There were some weird things like doll heads with ketchup on them and for some reason a badly wrapped razor. Dave discarded this, but the other three friends went off saying it was too weird and we shouldn't have messed with the dark web. I wish I had listened to them, but I was still skeptical. This just appeared to be a box of junk but at the bottom of the box was something different. A small black square with one green LED light. I noticed it and pointed it out to Dave. It was superglued to the inside of the box and we had trouble prying it off. Eventually, we got it off though. We brought it over to the laptop, typed in the model number that was on the back of it, and trying to research any information we could dig up on it. What we found was that it was a GPS tracking device, the kind that was typically used for cars when they're sold from used car dealerships, except this one had a battery inside, so it did not require an external one. When we realized that the box was being tracked and that the tracker was now inside our home, we began to freak out. We tried to turn it off, tried to smash it, tried to burn it, but despite the external plastic packaging now being torn to shreds, basically, the light was still on. Desperate and scared and feeling a little bit guilty, we took the tracker over to the neighbor's house and threw it in their backyard. Then we ran away, back to Dave's. We stayed up, looking out of windows, waiting for someone to drive by or pull up, waiting for our inevitable demise. But so far, nothing has happened though a couple of men did approach the house just the other day apparently they were asking dave's parents about dave himself saying that they wanted to talk to him so far nothing else has happened and we haven't told anyone about the experience we figured we'd get in a lot of trouble if our parents knew so we had to keep it quiet though i know now we could have gotten ourselves hurt or worse Dark Web Teacher, by Isabel. I used to attend Carver Middle School. They had terrible conditions there. The teachers would often be very unprofessional in their own ways. They would either not do their jobs or would just fool around. But in this case, there was a teacher there that was a predator and he preyed on the students. His name was Andre Fernando Cabezas. He was a new teacher who started a little after Christmas, I believe. Right away, students noticed that the teacher was strange. He used to go around rubbing the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade boys' backs, and he would play with their hair. He would stare at the students, and he would hold them after class just to stare at them while he chewed on his pencils or pens. He always seemed to have his hand under his desk a little too often. I remember he would make comments about the students' personal lives, saying a pregnant 14-year-old had a sugar daddy or something like that. I remember he would hover over the girls and look down their shirts and bite his lip. He would even pull students out of their core classes just to hang out with them when he got bored. He would give them things like old laptops, boxes, straws, and old food basically whatever he could find as his form of gifts. The worst part was, after summer break, Mr. Cabezas was arrested in a diner in Florida for attempting to entice a minor, which means again, he was preying on those students. They also found rope, duct tape, and toys in his car. And better yet, the way they found him, was via an FBI agent who posed as a 12 year old girl and found him in a dark web chat room. After his arrest, it was discovered that he would browse the dark web for videos and pictures of children, if you catch my drift. That could have been any of our students at Carver Middle School, and it could have been me. Deep Web by Jack. This is a story from a friend of mine who hasn't really been the same since the event. He downloaded a browser he called Tor, which allowed him to browse the dark or deep web. There he found websites that were selling things that were illegal, as well as sites that had pictures and videos of horrific events after exploring dozens of sites, he ended up clicking on a random link then took him to a webcam and a chat room. Similar to a Twitch stream, I guess. And this is where it gets really messed up. Appearing on the screen was a little boy. He seemed very dirty and was extremely malnourished. He looked like he hadn't been fed in a month. He seemed to be in a type of cell or prison room. The way the camera was angled, you could see two milk cartons cut in half, one with water, and one that looked to be filled with dog food. The comments in the chat were even worse. People were offering bitcoins for the host to hurt the child. And the specific actions they were requesting were disturbing. There was a timestamp below the video that was dated at about 53 days so the stream was almost two months old. Whatever happened to this kid, it had happened a long time ago. What my friend is freaking out about now, though, is that his phone is acting strange now, the phone that allowed him to browse the dark web. His camera will take selfies of his face without him even opening the camera if it's angled towards him. I've been screwing with him, saying that it's probably something to do with the people on the dark web. But deep down, I think my friend believes it. I haven't explored the dark web myself yet, and I don't really plan to. But we can't really be sure what's on there ourselves, unless we personally check it out. So if you've got the gall or drive to do that, good luck but I'll just be here eating my Reese's and being completely safe for now. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Don't forget, you can share your story at darknessprevails.org. If you want to support this channel even further, go to patreon.com darknessprevails. For as long as you become a patron, you'll get access to ad-free MP3 downloads of these episodes and you'll get your credits at the end of these episodes as well. Or you can just click that shop button, or go to teespring.com stores slash darkness prevails to get some creepy coal merchandise. Just in time for Christmas, maybe. Now then, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about five true scary farm stories. Jennifer Klingensmith says, Hello, Creepers. Carved my pumpkin tonight, windy and raining tonight here in Ohio. Now that's the perfect setup to be listening to some scary stories. I hope you enjoyed, and have a fantastic Halloween. By Infinite says, working on a farm is the real horror. Yeah, just say that when you've got that farmer's 10 and farmer's six pack from all the heavy lifting. I don't think the ladies will be complaining. Delta says, old McDarkness had a farm. And on my farm you better get ready to milk the werewolves. Watch out, they do bite. And when they do bite, we get more werewolves. Arabella Patterson says, the cow says moon, the sheep said bah, the demons say the I had to read this because a Minnesota guy's very proper reply. And the goat says your name. God, why are goats so creepy? And CinderBlock says, I just finished watching a Mr. Green Text video with the exact same effing house in the thumbnail. Hey, it's a creepy photo. And now I'm gonna look up Mr. Greentext to see what he's got in store for me. Well, that brings us to the end of another Darkness Prevails episode. But don't you worry, more scary stories are coming soon. So stay tuned. Here are the credits to my awesome, amazing patrons who continue to donate Remember to stay safe out there and stay creepy because this world is a strange world.